The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast of June 25th, 2021. Before introducing today's special guest to join me for the to start pitching rankings, I'd like to thank our sponsor, WinBet. Hey, we are live. That's what it says. Anyway. We being myself, Todd Zola, filling in for Clay Link in the driver's seat alongside uh, some kid with a dream. We thought we'd give him a shot, see what he's good at this podcast stuff. Mr. Jason Collette. Jason, uh, how you doing? Uh, doing good. Happy to be called up. Just going to take it one comment at a time. Good Lord willing, uh, contribute to the podcast here. Just every, every good comment, you say placata, and we're all good. <laughs> so you, get, so you have to get MLB Network to. Uh, I've been making a lot of MLB Network jokes, so people don't get it. And well, they don't get a lot of my jokes, so it's not really a big deal. But uh, thanks for uh, filling in, Jason. Uh, we're going to be doing the two start pitching as we normally do. We, uh, but before we get to that, there was a recent series where you know, we sometimes are fans, we sometimes are analysts, sometimes are both. We just watched a series between our favorite teams, the Red Sox and Rays, and calling it a series, I don't know. You mentioned off air that you thought it was a playoff atmosphere. I didn't think it was very crisp ball being played, which doesn't, which could be the playoffs. Who knows? But uh, what are your... Uh, the first place raise, I got to say that. What is the, your your impressions after this three game series? Yeah, it's nice to be back in first place uh, after that seven game losing streak. And, and to your point, that the crisp baseball that's really what contributed to uh, the seven game slide, losing the final two uh, against the White Sox, the getting swept in Seattle, which was truly nature healing. Because mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, every time the Rays would go to Seattle, it just wasn't even worth watching and. Uh, neither was that series, uh, you know, losing all those games in either ninth inning or the extra innings, and then the crispness of, of defense, something that was really what they were doing so well during the winning right. streak, uh, and it, just a lot of bad uh, defensive uh, lapses. And even in the series, uh, on both ways, you know, the uh, the way the first game on Tuesday night kicked off, you know, the, uh, it was five two Boston at one point, and Boston scored all seven runs because even the two runs the Rays had were credited to Boston's bad defense. And then things got better. Um, you know, even you know, last night, I think Boston was thrown out on the bases four times last night uh, between being picked off and, and the great play at home uh, being thrown thrown out. But it, it, it had a playoff-like atmosphere because the crowd was really into it on Tuesday with Wander Franco's promotion. Right. I think I think that's where Clay Lake really is. Was he was there? 
uh, obviously wanting this, wanting to see his uh, his favorite pick uh, of the last two years uh, go finally uh, get up there. So a really live atmosphere on Tuesday, which was fun to watch, even though the outcome wasn't what I desired. But uh, you know, last two games, even last night was just crazy. I mean, one nothing on a wild pitch. That was it. And, and Nick Pavetta and, and um, Josh Taylor took a no hitter into the eighth inning. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, of all people, is the guy that broke it up with a hit the other way, something he should be doing more of. Uh, right. well, quite frankly, his at-bats are, are just barely above a pitcher quality at this point, but the guy still gets it done defensively, as you saw last night when he threw out uh, Hunter Renfro at the plate. So uh, just a, you know, nice to be on the back side, uh, upside of it, and it was an interesting series, and I fully expect them to get trashed by the Angels tonight because they've spent a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, energy in the last three days because uh, it's a critical series. I mean, yeah, it's the end of June, but you look at the way the standings are, every one of these games counts, and Boston and Tampa Bay still have a lot of games left with one another, 13 or 14, because they've only had two three-game series. Um, so far so they've got more they've got more coming uh and whereas i think the uh, the red sox and yankees still have about the same amount of uh, games against one another as well because somehow those two teams haven't played each other that often either which is going to make for a fun uh, a fun stretch here down the, the back half of the season right Sox play the yankees this weekend matter of fact they've only had that one series where the red sox swept the new york in Bron in the bronx the uh, revenge series we'll, we'll see what happens is coming up but Right, I uh, I was just I was just disappointed by the quality of play for both teams. Mm -hmm. Usually, usually weird things happen between these two teams, but it's usually not talking about bad play. You mentioned the base running; that was, it wasn't just bad defense. It was it was poor base running, especially on Boston's part. Aggressive. There's a there's this fine line between aggressive and reckless, and uh, I think they were kind of teetering on that line a little bit. A little bit too much last night, but yeah, what a fitting ending on a wild pitch. You uh, you alluded to it on Twitter. Uh, one nothing game, not a whole lot of base runners. Uh, was not exactly a Greg Maddox uh, special. No, it was so weird because even you know on Wednesday night. And one more thing about the base running. You know, I thought Xander Bogart's getting picked off in the first inning, trying oh. to steal third base. That was a. I don't understand what you're doing there. You have two outs. You're going right. to score on anything through. That was yep. a. That was weird, but I helped you know switch momentum too because that could have been a huge inning. But last, you know, that game Wednesday night, so many deep counts, and that game took you're forever. Right. And then last night, you know, we get into the eighth inning, and there were five combined hits, and and the game was still taking three plus hours. And that's really why I say it felt like a playoff series mm. because the 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 at bats. Yeah, and Boston has typically been a very aggressive club. I mean, they they do have their share of strikeouts. They don't walk that often because they have been aggressive in the lineups. Conversely, the Rays are high in both. They have, I, they're either first or second in the league in strikeouts, but they're also very high in walks. And so, yeah, but both teams struggled. And maybe that is a maybe that's part of the hey, I can't feel the baseball and I can't really command my pitches anymore uh, type of thing, uh, which definitely was a problem with Garrett Richards. Uh, but that was a lot of deep counts. And so that game last night still went a lot longer than you look up and you're like, there hasn't, there's been so few hits. There's been a few walks, uh, obviously, but every, every count seemed to be just deep. And that's why that game went three, I think three fifteen, three twenty last night. Yeah. And I went to a couple other games I wanted to watch and I just, uh, one TV, I don't use the, 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 the computer yet streaming them yet would so I usually turn it on. I get, 
frustrated and at some point during the season, turn it on, look up the code, but right. on the TV, the TV clicking guy and there are other games I wanted to watch last night, including a, uh, a combined no hitter. Not, not so much what to wanted to watch that, but just, <laughs> it just, did the, Craig uh, Kimball even realize that that was happening. Uh, I mean, he, yeah. he, he finishes the game. And he's like, Hey, great. <laughs> he won. Everybody's running. It looked like he was, wait, something happened. Right. <laughs> yeah, just, he, just he, crazy. He, don't know. Don't know what Mr. Kimball there. But we'll, we'll get to the we'll, Richards and uh, the pitching when we talk about two starts because he's lined up for two. Well, we'll talk a little. I get you know, whatever. We I, we can we can talk about it now. You mentioned the uh, obviously not. He, he's talked about it himself. He says it's it, it's a different pitcher than he's been for the past nine years. No, even the Red Sox broadcast wouldn't come out and say it. They jumped around it. You know, he, he benefited from something on his fingers, and he alluded to it as well. I'm a little concerned about Garrett Richards. And I came out on Twitter last night and suggested that Boston use him as an opener. I am Bloom is familiar with the concept, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, wouldn't mind seeing him as an opener, maybe bringing up Tanner Houck. And this is the Red Sox fan talking more than the analyst because it's probably not the best idea. But use Richards as an opener. He's throw 95, right? Let him throw 97 for two innings up on the zone. Get some strikeouts, bring in Tanner Houck, and, and and the day is saved. I don't think we'll see it, but I wouldn't. I don't think it's out of the realm, right? And I would like to see them bring Jared Durant up with Houck too. Uh, in my AL Tout team, could really use that, uh, and even one of my NFBC teams uh, where I t- I had him. So I would love to see that come up. Uh, you know, for me, and this goes for everybody. It's like, yeah, I think I think all of us have been checking in-game spin data just to see but that is you nothing's definitive right now it's just something to watch right uh you can't declare you know but that said you look at richard's in-game spin data and it was bad but then you validate it with the eye test and you know you and i both watched that game he could not command his breaking balls at all i mean they were just useless pitches i think three ended up being strikes uh, if I recall, two of them were generous calls, but anytime he was trying to throw his curveball or slider, it just wasn't happening. And the hitters really weren't going to, they didn't need to do it. And they just waited for the fastball. Um, and yeah, he's got a good fastball, but if it's the only thing you're going to worry about oh, yeah, swinging right, at, right, right, yeah, right. that's what happens. And he just looked, he looked uh, horrible. I don't, and if this is a, if this is the new Richards, then I don't know how he lasts in the rotation. Like even in a two-start week, I want nothing to do with him this week. Um, and if you disagree with me, go back and watch the highlights of that game. Go back and look at the archive. He truly had nothing but a fastball. Uh, and it just the, the, the breaking balls, he just does. And you could see it in his face, everything. His body language, all of it was like, I don't have this pitch. And it wasn't like, and then, but even compare Rich Hill. Rich Hill also pitched in that game. Rich Hill's in-game spin data was also way down from his season average. But Rich Hill is a veteran that still knows how to spin a baseball right. and can still command it. Yes, he had five walks uh, in that game. Uh, there were a couple of hitters that he was pitching around. Uh, I think he wanted nothing to do with J.D. Martinez for the most part. He wanted nothing to do with Xander Bogarts, and who could blame you the way Bogarts beats up teams, um, particularly Tampa Bay of late. Uh, so, you know, he did have five walks, but he also had five strikeouts. Uh, and, and Rich Hill's whiffiness has been down in his last couple of outings uh, as he's weaned himself off uh, with it. But that's the difference. It's like if you have a pitcher whose best pitch is a breaking ball, it's still it, maybe it's gone from a great pitch to right. just a good one. Well, with Richards, it went from a good one to an unusable one in this last outing, so it bears watching. So for me, I pass on him this week in a two-start week. That KC start, 
should be a nice a, a, a nice transition. I mean, the Oakland one's going to be a little rougher on him. Uh, I believe, yeah, that's the matchup he has. So that's really where I want to uh, take a look and see how that's going to play out uh, for the KC. But if you know, do your homework. To me, bench him, but watch that game to see if he can control that breaking ball. If he can't, I don't know how he stays in the rotation. Yeah, to, to sort of embellish a point you made about right now we're just monitoring. And it's, you don't really want to do knee-jerk reactions. I wrote a piece for the site, Roto-Wire, Z-Files, where I looked at the range of spins on the four major pitches that require the spin, right. the, the four-seamer, sliders, curveball, and cutter. And depending on the pitcher, the, the U Darvish's range was seven or 800 one year uh, from you know 2,100 to 2,800. So and and the standard deviation was was well into triple digits. So that's one reason why we need to wait. We need to find out if it's rare, rare variance mm-hmm. or if it's real. Uh, a single drop doesn't tell us much. Now I think in the case of Richards, when it was so high, we can it's it's okay to make. I think we can make that assumption that you're making that there's something going on. There's just some other other. You can't make that categorical assumption regardless of who the pitcher is i think there's something we have to take a wait and see approach but with richards it is it is pretty obvious so you were talking about richards uh two starts this week that's a good segue we'll go into our the uh the meat of the podcast the two start rankings uh explain to jason what where we'll be doing a little bit i'm sure over the years you've seen myself in dvr myself and clay do a little bit what we do is we go through the two start pitchers We'll give you guys the matchups, and we'll give a ranking zero to five. Somewhat, somewhat arbitrary. I usually go by my rankings, which I didn't do, so I'm working blind. I will do them for the the site tonight. But five being the best, zero being I don't want any piece of him. Jason has already put the zero in for Garrett Richards. <laughs> uh, we are going. To, we, we're switching platforms. We used to be able to post the the, the rankings. Uh, on the on the site on the page of the old platform, we haven't figured out how to do that yet. So what I've done is I've made up a Google Doc, which I will make publicly available. Don't ask me to read the URL now because it's we ha- I haven't I haven't put it through tiny URL yet, tiny <laughs> URL yet. So it's it's like Rudy Elenek and uh, and Win Remershaw combined here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there we go. So uh, <laughs> I, we we will uh, I will post the link to the rankings. Uh, after the podcast, I'll tag it when we when we send it out. So we you normally see it on our on the on the on the splash page. We'll have it on a Google Doc. Whether Clay wants to keep going with the Google Doc, that's up to Mister Link. And uh, good good for Clay taking some time off. I believe he's seeing some family. But as Jason and I talked about before we head on, uh, I don't think it's coincidence. That yeah, I don't need it. There's no way. Yeah, there's he announces no way. he's going on vacation. Then the Rays call up Franco. It's just yeah, like it's way too lined up. There's no way. There's no way. Right. Um, the other thing that happened this week, and I'm not sure. Sure, TJ Antone uh, was came off the IL. So uh, can you imagine if, if if there's an interleague game and Antone faces Franco, Clay would explode. <laughs> yes, yes, he would. Um, yes, he would. It reminds me of the spring training way back when, when Jason Howard and Steven Strasburg were all the were all the rage. And if they remember, remember at that point Hayward was hitting, was breaking windows and parking lots with home runs. 
Yeah, yeah it, it's it seems like ages. I it I was watching know. I was watching the Cubs game the other day, and honestly, I I have forgotten that he was still active in in their lineup. And yeah, I look and I was like, oh my god, those are those are his numbers right now. Like, wow, it's it's crazy where his career trajectory. You know, everybody's got the the aging curve, and like his is the aging cliff. There wasn't a curve; it was right. like, and it's gone. Yeah, well, if uh, if if rah rah speeches during rain delays of, of World Series is a category, he's a first round draft choice. <laughs> Indeed. So, so the story goes. Anyway, here's me putting my jack back in. If it's that's all, why people are wondering what I'm doing. All right, so let's start. I will read off the the pitcher and the uh, the teams that they're playing, and we'll go through it. And these are subject to change. I haven't checked yet to see how the weather is lined up for this weekend, but between weather and, and teams just making changes, uh, you know, the, we don't, don't hold us to at least the schedule. There's a busy week. You get, you, 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 uh, you picked you pick a busy week to be able to join us. Well, that didn't make sense. Uh, Clay picked a busy week to go away and need a replacement. So <laughs> we'll start with Arizona with Callum Smith uh, at St. Louis and home against San Francisco. We'll switch off going first. I guess I'll I guess I'll take this one. Smith he, he started out in the bullpen, went back to being a starting in. He's he's looked all right. These matchups are pretty good, the St. Louis matchup especially. They're not they didn't I, I, I like Smith as a three. It could be aggressive, but I like Smith as a three this week. You know, yeah, and I agree. I was wrong. Preseason, I was really fading Smith. Uh, didn't like what I saw. Uh, and then, you know, the role of the bullpen seemed to realign him back right. into a better yeah. position. And he's done well. And I agree on the St. Louis matchup. Uh, the San Francisco one scares me Ooh. only because, you know, which which San Francisco are you going to get? Are you get, like, I think even the game the other day, or maybe it was yesterday, uh, you know, Mike Talkman out there over five, five strikeouts and then hits a three run home run in the in the in the 13th inning. So that game's like you rarely see a nine to three final score in an extra inning game. But that's what happened in that particular game. Uh, it was all over the place. So I'm, I'm in alignment with you. I, I put Smith as a three here. Um but I, I'm not too optimistic about that second outing. Yeah, the thing with San Francisco, and I think you probably go through it a little bit, is when you you look at your fantasy standings and you see, all right, where you are in home runs and you're in the middle, and, okay, who's leading? What do they have? And you go through their lineup, like, how are they, how are they leading this league in homers? You know, but then you're looking, baby. Like, <laughs> well, I'm talking about, you know, your fantasy teams. Yeah. But then you're looking, it's like, well, I guess everybody has some, right? I mean, okay, they don't have the – the 18 or 19 right now, but everybody's got 11 or 10 or nine. They don't have any holes. And that's what San Francisco does. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got low double digits. You mentioned uh, Talkman, Yastrzemski, and they have become kind of like the, uh, their, their partners across the Bay, a stratomatic type of team where they really play the matchups very well. And um, you know, the Gabe Kapler narrative doesn't exist anymore. Maybe he knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what a good guy can do when he has a bullpen yeah. defense is not letting yeah. him down on a <laughs> nightly basis. I mean, the other thing I think if you look at that, I believe they're the only National League team with a triple digit run differential this year, too. And if we would have said that at the beginning of the season, now there's no way. I mean, all the attention was on the teams down the I guess it's Interstate five. I always forget my my. Um, roads in California, but all the attention was down there. uh, And they had a great series this week too. Uh, But that's, you know, you look at what the giants are able to do and it's a 
they did, maybe they don't have a lot of quality, but they have a lot of quantity and, and they can mix and match. Wilmer Flores is showing uh, signs of doing some really nice things again. Uh, you know, Darren Ruff is one of the better guys to use against left-handed pitchers. And they just really use their platoons uh, and and get around the fact that they don't have the DH because some of those guys really belong as DHs, uh, but they don't have that every uh, every night to their availability. But they're piecing together a very effective, and what we thought early on may have been just some noise I mean, we're at the end of June now. They're still there. They're still in first place. Yeah. We got to treat them a, a, as a real thing. Yeah, Donovan Solano has come off the uh, IL and done the the matchup part, and then there's Buster Posey. But I five. I once when we did the first pitch between uh, LA and San Francisco, I once drove would fly it most of the time, but took one year and, and drove it, and uh, it was a lot nicer during the day than at night. The scene. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, Matt Peacock. The second pair of two starts, same uh, same matchup, St. Louis and San Francisco. Um, what do you got there? I mean, Tim, and this is the other thing that you got to consider with Smith too, and uh, the, why I would say Peacock is a, a two to me is just Arizona doesn't win, and we, you know, they have lost so many games, and so really here. You have to hope that uh, if this is strikeouts or ratios that are going to carry the day for you because the probability of a win uh, is just not high. Yeah. Uh, and you know, with the Smith, at least he's got the, the proven track record of, like he can do these things. Peacock, I'm not so sure. So I'm discounting Peacock a little bit just because yeah, his value is all upon him because that the, the bullpen is not helping him out. Uh, and the and the offense is not helping him out. The the probability of those if you used both of these guys, and uh, we're talking to you deep NL leaguers because I doubt that people maybe some deeper mixed leagues that'll use Smith. But if you're if you're using both these guys in a two start week, you may get one win out of these four starts. May. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I'm I consider it a zero for Peacock, but the matchups are such that I'm going to give him a one. Uh, but I can uh, at this point of the season, I can see where one may want to issue that he may end up out of the top hundred which puts him as a zero in my rankings but I sometimes depending on need I can see overstepping that uh, Charlie Morton at the home against the Mets and then home against Miami shouldn't be a whole lot of talk here he's a he's a five in my book yeah same and this you know the same kind of comments that I made with uh with uh, Rich Hill earlier, this yeah. is a veteran. His best pitch is the is the breaking ball, and Charlie Morton has always been able to spin a good one. Uh, I have, I'll admit, I have not gone and looked at his in game spin data uh, of the last uh, start or two because I don't care. Yeah, this is why he, he's good at what he does. I don't care. He's not one of the guys I'm worried about. Uh, yeah. And I know he had an effective start his last time out, but yeah, this is a five. There's no reason to even uh, think about sitting him. Even at, even though the Mets are getting a little better offensively here in Miami, it's Miami's such a boomer bust team. I mean, they're what eight nine games below 500, but they have a they have a positive run differential. I guess it really yeah. depends on is, is Adam Duvall hitting a multi home run game that game or not. Uh, you know, he's one of the weird ones, a 215 average, but he's got 15 bombs, 50 plus RBIs. You know, he, uh, he and uh, Jesus Aguilar are just driving in runs left and right on that club. And you would think they'd be better in the standings, but, you know, they're getting ready to get into some sell mode here, too, because, you know, that team is not young. I think the Gammons had a tweet this morning, something that uh, Starlin Marte and not Martin. Um, he's on the block, but that Chaz, Jazz, uh, Jazz Chisholm is their youngest player. Everybody in that roster is and Chisholm. Uh, so they don't have a lot of guys under the age of 28. Uh, and so maybe it's time for them to, uh, to move some things. Right. Hitters. 
yeah. their, their entire staff is under 20, right. 20 Hernandez at 25 is the elder statement. Uh, speaking of pitching on, on Miami, Edward Cabrera is crushing it on rehab and we could see him soon. We'll get, well, we'll get to Miami in a little while. Yeah. The thing with you mentioned the Pythag, they're like three games over 500 with their Pythag. I don't know the exact number, but their one run record is terrible. And a lot of that is the bullpen. And it would have been nice if they got a real closer. We may be talking about the, the Marlins being in the thick of the race here, but um, I'm not, I, if I were them, I wouldn't go in sell mode yet. Yeah. They've got the stuff, but uh, I wouldn't be too surprised. And guess uh, who was the best one? Guess who was the best one run record in baseball? Could that be the race? That would be Seattle. Oh, that's right. You know what? I knew that. I knew that. Um, that would be Seattle who who, who, who uh, fluffed up those numbers on the race. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Seattle's something yeah. like 18 and seven in one run games this year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and as you know, we, we don't want to get too deep in the weeds on a, on a Friday morning, but a lot of that is, you know, the bullpen and the, the team itself, but there is a little bit of happenstance involved in one run games. And that's what the Pythag is all about. Uh, but uh, yeah, Miami, especially Yumi Garcia, would, my, my comment at the beginning of the year would have been nice just because you want to get those young pitchers some wins. As it turned out, with a decent closer, they could be competing for the for the wild card. And with that mm-hmm. staff, you just never know. Uh, all right, we're just delaying. We're vamping before we have to rank Thomas Eshelman over the Orioles. Uh, at Houston, at L.A., uh, I, I, if, we're not allowed to go negatives, but we could if you if we want to. Uh, but uh, he's he's just zero for me. Has to be. I mean, Baltimore, yeah. as bad as we said uh, Arizona was, Baltimore's worse. I mean, yeah. I feel bad for Orioles fans because the beginning of the season, you're like, hey, maybe they're going to be credible. It's not, you know, they were never going to win the division. They're never going to compete, but they should they should have been annoying for teams. Uh, and you know, they've had their issues. There's not outside of John Means, I mean, there's no pitcher on this team I can legitimately put out there. Uh, no. You know, in in the bullpen, maybe you know they've got a couple of options, but they just you know if you if you're sitting there like, oh, I'm I'm sitting on, I'm going to sit on Tanner Scott, I'm going to sit on Paul Fry. You're looking for maybe one save opportunity a week, and yeah. it's just really tough uh, to watch them. Uh, you know, hitting wise, they can still do it, but Houston just went in and just shillelaghed. I, 26 to three was the run scored runs against over a three game series. And now they get to go to Houston and do it all over again. That should be fun. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to Houston in a bit, but no, I'm with you with, with Baltimore at the top of the order can do some damage. I don't know. DL hall. I've got him in a couple of dynasty leagues. I don't like pitch. You know, I don't, well, I don't pitch in Camden yards, but I don't like pitchers that pitch in Camden yards. Uh, It's, it's, it's tough to get a free agent to sign there yeah we'll have to see what Baltimore ends up doing but um yeah Eshelman an easy zero now all right we talked a little bit about Garrett Richards uh Nick Pavetta also had two starts this week for the Red Sox they uh start out home against the Royals and then go on the road to Oakland and you've already given Richards your zero uh you know what I'm probably I I know my rankings aren't going to have him as zero because they're not going to capture the whole, I don't have a, the spin thing mm-hmm. algorithm, lack of being able to use spider tact programmed in yet. I can always override it. Um, I'm going to give him a one because I can just see in some, where you're just so desperate, you need, you need some good stuff, but I'm with you in that. I don't like what I see. And I already mentioned that I think they should use him as an opener and stretch out Tanner Hauk 
to I didn't see what he did last night on the farm. I believe Hulk started for uh, the Woosocks last night uh, to see uh, what what he may have done. The plan was for him to come up in the second half. We'll have, we'll see what happens. You mentioned Duran Duran. The Red Sox seem set on having him go to the Olympics. They want him to have that experience. Him and Tristan Casas, who's with Portland. Um, I don't think Columbia made it. I don't think uh, I don't think Jeter Downs is going. I don't. I, I need I need to check on that. I apologize that I should have. I should know that. I'm actually for the for the Red Sox. I'm actually as excited for Jeter Downs to come up than I am as I am for Duran. But um, I do think that they want Red Sox fan wants Duran up here yesterday. But yeah, fantasy the, fan wants him up yesterday. Yeah. Rays fan, keep him down. Let him yeah, go to the Olympics. Yeah. Hell, let him go on vacation. Let him go wherever <laughs> yeah, play yeah, is at right yeah. now. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, Hauk did not pitch for the Woo Sox last. He may be pitching tonight. Okay. Uh, but last night it was uh, uh, Gonzalez pitched last night and okay. got destroyed. But Duran did steal his eighth base of the season. Uh, also went two for five. So his OPS is now 1,007 on the air. <laughs> and we know yeah, we're saying this, but I mean, no guarantee that he hits the ground running. So, uh, yep. See, it. Jared Kellenick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, Nick Pavetta, you've already got your four. Looked pretty good last night. Doesn't, did not seem to be affected by the uh, umpire checking his belt and whatnot. Uh, I'm going to go four as well. I think he's kind of a three pitcher, but the matchups are going to bring him to a four. And uh, we, we will agree there. Yeah, I mean, with him, the only thing I would say is, you know, in-game spin data, no change at all. Yeah. He, he was right along with his average, so if he it doesn't appear that he, he was either not doing anything or he just kept doing whatever he was doing. But you look at his ability to execute his pitches, uh, particularly his breaking ball last night. His breaking ball was outstanding. It was as good as Richards was horrendous the night before. Uh, you know, he And he was even working 96, 98, working that up in the zone and then getting the breaking ball off that. It just, I mean, there's a reason why he threw no hit baseball. And it wasn't like there were tremendous defensive plays behind him. He just pitched his butt off last night. And I was extremely impressed uh, with how he did it. Uh, man, let's not forget, like, he didn't – it took him 11 decisions to uh, to get a loss. Uh, That's the way the season started. Uh, I'm always reminded of the, of the story last year when they acquired him. They made the changes. They acquired him because they said they thought he could be uh, – they were comparing him to another glass now is how Kind Bloom – commented uh and you know when you watched the way he pitched last night you saw it uh so i was extremely impressed with what i saw yesterday um from him and again the 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 oakland matchup that that one's tough particularly in oakland uh for that but the kansas city one should be uh nice for him uh yeah because i i did see him pitch uh friday live in kansas city and he gave up that monster shot to alberto mondesi uh who's shocking is back on the il again uh, same team I have Duran on, so that's why I'm like, please come up. Uh, and so I, but that was really the only mistake he made. He was cruising, and then he just left one, and that one got destroyed uh, with that. So the Kansas City matchup should be good for him because uh, Ryan O'Hearn will not be able to poke one out uh, 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 out of Fenway the way he was in Yankee Stadium this past weekend. Yeah, a little, little bit of a difference there. Yeah, and as far as the no hitter and being taken out of the game at 100 pitches. He was Pavetta wasn't going to come out for the eighth anyway. And, That's right. And if they had, if they had a if they had a, a two to nothing lead or maybe if Chavez didn't make the error, maybe maybe Pavetta would have gotten the chance to close out the seventh. And it wasn't already in a hundred were taking him out. 
I think it was more a matter of Alex Cora just, you know, seeing a walk previously and, and just not seeing what he wanted. And and guess what, Red Sox fans? They didn't lose the game because of that. Uh, they got out of the inning. And yep. so and, and Troy was coming up too, if you if people remembered. Oh, you know, you know the, wow, the, wow. the one good defensive play that happened for Pavetta was the previous time Troy was up. He hit one to the wall that Hunter Renfro made a terrific play on. Uh, and that's that's how that no hitter had even gotten that far. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the the expected batting average on that on that play was only like 850. Uh, and Renfro made a phenomenal play, running play on that one. Uh in his revenge series, be homered in this series, and yeah, but he, he stole that hit. So that was the one, uh, one good defensive play behind him. But that's you know, do you want to see? Do you want Choi facing Pavetta a third time when he made that quality contact the second time? And I believe uh, decent contact. The first, I don't recall the first at bat, but I was. You know, when I when I saw the decision, I'm like, that's the right move. Uh, and yeah, it should have yeah. been the right move. Because like you said, he was never going to go chase that no-hitter. I don't care what. And, you know, uh, maybe old school folks would be like, these guys cannot go the distance. Well, you don't want to put Veta going 140-something pitches in June. It's not about the it's not about the no-hitter. It's about the uh, – and, and, you know, the uh, the Cubs did a no a combined no-hitter, as we mentioned earlier. But it's about – that was an important series, and that was the right move to make at that time, you know, they, they could have left that series a game and a half up uh, after being what two weeks ago, four and a half back. Uh, right. And so every one of these, every one of these counts. And like I said, they got to face each other, you know, another 13, I think 13 times, uh, 12 to 13 times here before the end of the season. No, I agree. But you know, my Red Sox brethren, nation brethren will probably be trolling me, but that's fine. Troll me too. Uh, bring it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Kyle Hendricks. Kind of like Charlie Martin at one point, we're like, what's going on? But kind of like Charlie Martin, just just some early season blips. At Milwaukee, at Cincinnati, don't love the parks, but who cares? It's Kyle Hendricks. You put your five in, I'm going five as well. Exactly. I mean, he's had eight straight quality starts. Yeah. Until yeah. something flops. Yeah. No, I mean, he's... Uh, you know, he was on that bad run, but then eight straight, uh, I think his ERA is just... Uh, a. T- like 290 whip is just above one. I mean, he's been on a roll. You can't argue with the results. Eight straight quality starts. Yes, I mean, we Milwaukee could go either way. Uh, you, you don't know how that lineup is. Sometimes you're out there, and maybe it just seems like when Brandon Woodruff's pitching, they don't give him enough run support uh, on, on that. But, you know, that could go either way. The Cincinnati matchup, these matchups, both of these could go either way, and they could be disastrous. But, and, you know, the run he's on, I, I'm riding it until he falls off again. Right, and he's just he's, he's doing his Kyle Hendricks things. On the other hand, we got Zach Davies with the same at Milwaukee, at Cincinnati. Yeah, last night's domination of the Los Angeles Dodgers aside, uh, I, I always get scared with Davies out there. He could go out there and bat for seven innings. He could also get seven outs and skip up seven runs. Um, don't love these parks. I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna give him a two, but I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah, uh, I was waffling between a two and a three. I'm just going to put a three only because, like, my story is, like, I sat him this week in in an NL-only league where, you know, wins are tight. Uh, I I co-own a team and decided, you know what, he's got the Dodgers. I I don't want to deal with that. Unfortunately, we left Carlos Martinez in the lineup uh, instead. Yeah. That was not good. Uh, and but we're still in first place in this league somehow, uh, despite decisions like that. Uh, you know, with that, so we'll have to see where this goes. I mean, this 
this would be a, a riskier play with the same with the same matchups. But like I said, sometimes you the Dodger matchup looked terrible on paper, and look what he did last night. Uh, so we'll we'll see where that we'll see where that goes. Uh, but that one, when I woke up this morning, I was like, oh hey, Zach Davies. Oh man, that was on my bench. Oh who? Oh man, we left Carlos Martinez in the lineup. Ouch. That guy. I mean, if we had Carlos Martinez on here, I'd have him as a zero. I, I can't. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've been a fan over the years, but I just I'm just not seeing it this year. Uh, Cincinnati, Wade Miley, uh, left-hander, home with Philadelphia, and home with the Cubs. Uh, we don't have any zeros yet. I mean, I'm not going to go zero here, but. Well, no, that we do. We we do we we do Thomas Eshelman. There's usually uh and you get your zero for Garrett Baltimore Richards. Is an easy yeah, zero. this is an interesting <laughs> win. Um, you know, I don't love Miley, but home it's when home is Cincinnati, it's not that great as far as park goes, but you're used to it. I'll give him a two, but again, I'm not I'm not loving it. So I'm going to give him a three again here because if you're giving and one of the matchups is against Davy. So like if you're giving Davy a two, then that benefits Wiley, and that's kind of the push for me. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a I'm sense. a long I'm a long track record of the uh, long track record of the work that Derek Johnson does, uh, and I know that there's been some other issues, but Wade Miley around the injuries has looked really good, uh, and. I'm kind of a Wade Miley fan because everybody else just kind of overlooks him. Uh, and I, ha- I have him in a few places this year. And, and really, if Derek Johnson's a pitching coach for a team, I'm, I'm very interested. It's what got me on TJ Antone um, before Clay even was on him. You know, in that in that Rotowire mock draft we did in December, who took TJ Antone? I did. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, man, he kept telling me that was my favorite pick. And I was like, I was just kind of surprised he was still there in the 23rd uh, with you in the league. But uh, I took him in the 23rd and been very happy with that. You know what? I have a feeling what's going to happen is is Miley's going to end up in the three range because he's been going into game. He, he's been given not big length, but he's not a five and fly kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And, and today's MLB that that's huge. You mentioned quality starts before. People like poo poo quality starts. To me, I'm more interested in the six inning part of the quality start than I am the three earned runs part. Yes. Yep. And you say five quality starts. In my mind, I hear he went six innings five times in a row. And that means something in today's game. So, uh, you know, we can argue yes, about, does. you know, we can argue about, well, you know, a 4.5 ERA is not quality. Well, look at the the average quality starts around 2.8 ERA. So let's, you know, let's, you know you've got to set the limit somewhere. But anyway, uh, Eli Morgan, uh, home against Detroit. Okay. Home against Houston. Not so okay. Also, J.C. Mejia has got the same and he's now JC. I don't, you, you probably don't do quite as much data work stuff, but database stuff, but he went from Jean Carlos or Jean Carlos to now he's JC in, 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 uh, in, you know, ESPN everywhere else where you have to put the name correctly for it to be captured by the, uh, by the link. He's now JC Mejia. So I uh, spent a good five minutes of my life changing all my databases. Thanks JC. Uh, all good though. Eli Morgan. Um, you know, we, we, we like to give, Cleveland credit for making something out of nothing. I I just I just don't see it with Morgan, especially with that Houston start. Uh, I'm giving the zero. I just I'm scared of Houston. Uh, and I honestly the same thing applies to both uh, both guys for me. Uh, and as a as a JC, you know, I do appreciate JC changing <laughs> his name. Uh, but with the thing here is Houston, Houston. That's scary enough. 
But Detroit is no longer a pushover offense. Right, you look at them, right, they're above right. 500 teams since May 1st. Jonathan Scope, I made their comment on Twitter the other day. I think Jonathan Scope's our new Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah, you look at April, and there, he was non-existent, which if you ever owned Encarnacion, that's what happened in April. And then May, he would start to heat up, and then June, he would get hot. And go look at Jonathan Scope. I think he was at buck fifty in April. And then you know May starts getting hot. He's continuing to hit in June. Here, but that offense, they can put up some numbers now, uh, and they're and they're they're more competitive than we ever thought they were going to be. Um, if we go back and look at April, so for me, both of these, I want to put both of these guys at zero because Detroit could do something, and we know Houston's going to do something the way they've hit. Uh, so I really don't want to part with either one of these guys this week. Yeah, I'll get to me here. So you mentioned Scope. I actually wrote about him in this week's Z Files, which went up this morning. Um, as far as, you know, I think I tiled it in case you missed it, just being some players that started out slow and are now mixed league worthy. Scope is doing something that he did back in 2017, his previous, you know, his best year, in that he's being more selective. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is the next year went back to being more free-swinging. And I like the Encarnacion comp, not only just because of the what you talked about, but in my mind, both of them are sort of, they're, they're free-swingers, but they made good contact. So they, they didn't strike out nearly as much as, you know, when you think, when you see or hear their names. That's right. And, and, and um, Scope's doing the same things he did in 2017, his career year. Uh, so I do like him to continue. Mejia, I, I think there's a little pedigree there. I think there's a little something, something going on there. And he's starting to go deeper into the games. Um, I it's I'm going to give him a one. I, I don't think I have him anywhere to put my money where my mouth is. That's sort of the ultimate test. But I, it's more of out of a recognition that he's just not a token opener anymore. There's a little something there. I got you. Yeah. All right. This one should be easy. We got Kyle Freeland home against Pittsburgh and home against St. Louis. And home, of course, is Coors Field. Don't hate Pittsburgh. You know, don't hate the Pittsburgh. I don't hate either matchup. You know, if it was anybody, well, you know, as eh, I was say, it was anybody but Kyle Freeland, but I don't know who won that. Maybe John Gray um, or, or obviously Herman Marquez. Yeah, John Gray's pitching better at home than he is in the road. Yeah, yeah. I haven't checked lately, <laughs> but he was for the first, you know, yeah. Um, you know, looking at these matchups again, oh, man, what a, I don't want to say what a conundrum because it's not that big of a conundrum, but um, I'm going to go. Matchups, though, I'm gonna go one, and I'm gonna regret it. I, that's as where I was, to the, as opposed to the automatic zero, you know. That that's, that's kind of the same <laughs> way. It's like I really, with the matchups, are the only reason we're even considering this. Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, and I I agree. And in, in the deepest of leagues, if you're really hurt and if you've lost a few guys, let's say you're one of the unfortunate Aaron Savali owners who you know you just lost him for five to six weeks. Uh, with the with the finger injury, you know, a guy in my home league uh, has lost Glassnow and Savali in the past week. Uh, that's rough. Uh, and so, like, if you're in, in, in a league, you're like, okay, I got to look at something. This is what's out there. Uh, I would still take Marquez over Freeland, uh, but they're not automatic zeros uh, to me uh, with this. Yeah. I, I would, they're still in consideration because of these matchups. I'm going to go three on Marquez. Uh, I just think that because of the matchups, I know it's Coors Field. I haven't checked. The, I mean, actually, Coors was going through a stretch last week where it was in the 90s, which I'm just – and the other team – What is all over the place this year, man? You know, when I, I was in KC last Friday, it was 100. Uh, and, yeah, but yeah. Here, in, here in the Charlotte area, 
uh, we haven't hit 90 in about a week and we're not projected to hit it for another week, uh, which is extremely unusual. So it's like the East Coast over here in the Piedmont area, we have a, some really nice uh, early May weather, whereas everybody else in the country seems to be roasting. Yeah, we're uh, you know up in New England. We're little, you know, it's it's comfortable at night. It gets a little little sticky during the day, but you know, weather has been uh, has been a little bit weird. Uh, Lucas Giolito and Dylan Cease, a pair of two starts this week. We're scheduling for the White Sox home against Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, and Minnesota. at Detroit. We talked about Detroit being a little bit better offense, a little pesky offense. Uh, Giolito, I think you know he's still in the five range for me. Uh, yep. Although I is that really Lucas Giolito in that MLB commercial? That's that's not what I pictured Lucas Giolito to be. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but but anyway, Dylan Cease. And one, you know, I, maybe this time next year when you're filling in for Clay, he's in that automatic five range. He's showing signs of it, but he's also showing that he's still young and prone to prone to lapses of wildness and, and 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 command and control issues i'll go four for cease i'm just not confident enough to go five yet yeah i mean again he's somebody that you should put on your homework list to to watch to see how he's working under the new rules uh because his last his last outing was quite a dip uh from where things were so it's in particular like his four seam fastball uh lost just over 200 rpms <clears throat> and, and the rules so that was his first so like he you know i would have had him as a four i'm putting him as a three uh just i need to watch another i need to okay. watch another start or two before I'm, I'm confident because i think right now and it isn't this whole thing as we've talked about i don't think it's uh future path it's just this is the learning curve everybody right, right. adjusts to something and this is the learning curve so how are these guys like i i don't want to write richard's uh, as, you know, getting back to Garrett Richards, we can't completely write them off. But if we watch these two starts this week and they're much like what we just saw with Tampa, then you can. Then you're like, okay, bye. That's three in a row. He can't come in the curveball. I don't know how he's going to stay in the rotation because they have a good option behind them. Uh, you know, for the, for the White Sox, it's not like they're going to cut Cease out of the rotation. And not like, I mean, in AAA here in Charlotte, they've got Ronaldo Lopez and they have Mike Wright, who was pitching really well in the, I think it was Korean League. Well, Mike Wright's doing really well in AAA right now as well. So they they have the option to do something uh, to bring along there. But starting pitching is not Chicago's problem. Uh, but mm-hmm. we're in that learning curve phase to see how these guys are going to adjust right now to uh, pitching under the new rules. And Cease is one of those guys that I have uh, on my homework list to watch to see how his stuff's going to, how he's going to command his stuff. Yeah, and he had, he has high spin rates in general. Yeah, and I I did a piece where I compared historical spin rates. Uh, he he doesn't have enough seasons to to qualify at least in the chart to throw enough pitches. So I, my, my homework on season just falling in general because I didn't know what the baseline was. I didn't know if it was I didn't know if it was has been going up over the years because bloom there it is. We get nothing mm-hmm. to compare it to. Uh, you like to think that since he's so you know younger, maybe maybe he hasn't been subject to some of the uh, veterans. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Come over here. Let me talk. Let's talk it. So maybe it, it is more natural, but we'll we'll see. Before Jason and I finish off with the two star pitchers rankings, let's take a short break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another uh, another nudge, nudge, wink, wink kid, Matt Manning, uh, home against Cleveland, I'm sorry, on the road against the Indians, and then home against the White Sox we just talked about. I've, uh, Manning was interesting. I'm, I was almost I was confusing with Dane Dunning for a moment. Manning is, is uh, I don't know if Dunning's on the list, but I'm, I'm impressed with Dane Dunning. Manning, he, he was just was not doing nothing on the farm. I know he's a very highly rated prospect and not taking away from the career, possible career, but he looked terrible on the farm, come up to the majors and you'd think he was a seasoned veteran. It was just, it just kind of, especially in today's game where the rookies are not translating very well at the very beginning. Uh, but uh, I, you've, you, you've gone in with your two, I'll let you talk about it, but I'm there as well. I, I was skeptical when he came up because of the, Terrible uh, early start with, with early start with Toledo, but I like what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a, a composed kid. Don't love either matchup, but I'm I'm there with it too. Yeah, and the matchup's really what's what's driving it. And when you look at when you look at why he was terrible in the minors uh, this year, it was the home runs, uh, and that's when I when you look at when you look at his home run rate. You know, he gave up 11 home runs in 32 in a third inning in Triple A. That's what was killing him. Uh, and it's really tough to do, but he was doing it. Uh, and so that's that's where things that's where he was getting hurt. But historically, he didn't have that. He didn't have that track record, you know, in double A, seven home runs in 133 innings. So like he all of a sudden got crazy. And I don't know if the if the the winds were blowing out there in Toledo. I don't know where where he was playing the games, but that's what was driving things. And so, uh, you know, I believe in his future. I just don't believe in his immediate future right now. Uh, these matchups are a little scary to me. 
and so I, I have him as a two. I, again, don't want to fully dismiss him, but th- there are risks associated here with with putting this two start week in your lineup. Uh, there shouldn't be too much risk with Zach Greinke home against Baltimore in at Cleveland. Um, I'm mean, just you know until otherwise until shown otherwise, he's still a five for me. Exactly. Got to love well, those vets. There's value in those yeah. vets, and there's not a lot of sexy upside. But my goodness, is there very yeah. little downside? You know, there's always a there's always someone who doesn't want to be a year too or a year too late. Yeah. And you know, one of these years they're going to say, "Ha ha!" Do a victory lap. They were right, forgetting about the eight years they were wrong. Uh, <laughs> so that's yeah, that's uh, Danny Duffy, Kansas City at Boston, home against Minnesota. Coming off, actually, I thought he was going to come off. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he I'll did. Double. He pitched. He pitched uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. So I'm. I'm when when you do, you used to do the daily. I think I actually replaced you for daily notes on ESPN. You did. Thank you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's been very good to me. But when you you you, have, you you're, I'm I, I'm doing an update for one day's notes, uh, uh, doing the day that day's notes, and preparing the template for the next day's notes. These these things all run in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So he has he has one outing under his belt. It wasn't very long. Um, I love what Danny Duffy was doing pre-injury. Same. Increase the strikeout rate, working up on the zone, mixing up the pitches. I love what he was doing, and I think he'll get back if he's healthy. I just don't know if this is the week he's going to do it. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have him as a two uh, only because I'm not sure he's going to get five innings uh, with it. I mean, the matchups should be decent enough for him. you know, again, Boston, it, it, it could be boom or bust. Uh, you know, one of the things when you look at Boston, you, you know, when you think lefty pitcher, you automatically hone in on J.D. Martinez track record against lefties. Um, he's in a bit of a slump right now. When you look at his when you look at his power uh, potential. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he you know, that's something to focus on. Um, and. You know, Minnesota, that's obviously a very attractive matchup. But Duffy, he was on a 40 pitch limit against New York when he pitched. The uh, on Wednesday, I, I can't see him going from 40 to 100 uh, over the span of three starts. Uh, and so for me, it's probably a 40, a 60 and maybe an 80. So, you know, the, the for him to get it, it would be highly unlikely he's going to get a win out of either of these. Uh, and it may not have to may not be enough strikeouts or or, or uh, ratio to really matter much. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying bench him, but um set your expectations because I just don't expect him to go deep in either one of these games uh, to qualify for that win. Yeah, for sure. Um, Brad Keller may not go deep enough to qualify for the win either, but it's not because of the pitch limit. It's because he's not very good. And he's, uh, I was on the Keller bandwagon. I mean, if there really is such a thing as more of a, you know, a one man, you know, red, 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 red wagon, but uh, Keller, Crushed me in April. Started to come back. Crushed me again his last three starts. Um, you know, maybe it's because I want him to do well. I'm thinking of giving a one, but I can't do it. I'm going to go zero with you. Yeah, I put I put him as a zero. I mean, when you think about like yesterday's matchup against the Yankees, uh, you know, one thing if there's a problem the Yankees have had this year for the most part is like right-hander slider pitchers, and it's like Keller should have been. Like, okay, this should be a decent matchup. And he you know, barely made it out of the first inning. Uh, and it's – last year was fun. If you had him last year, I think I had him for $2 in, in multiple leagues, and that was fun. Uh, in, in a short season, anything was possible. 
but that uh, that has not played out. And even if you look at the 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 way the numbers, or maybe it was nineteen. There was the the one good Brad Kelly year I had him, uh, and that was nice. But I moved him. Uh, in fact, in one league, my home league, I traded Brad Keller to get Danny Duffy. Uh, that was fun uh, until the until the injury. So that's where I look at. But I I can't. I, I just after because I, I did watch some of that game on on Wednesday. And I immediately regretted using him in DFS because I was like, I'm going to be cheap. I'm going to take him here. Uh, I had Chris Bassett as my other guy. I'm like, yeah, this will work. No. So, yeah. No, I'm done. Yeah. Speaking of done. You got Dylan Bundy at the Yankees and versus Baltimore. And even the revenge game, <laughs> revenge game factor, I don't even think it's going to play out well here. <laughs> for, for me, early on, the narrative was you look really good. Then he ran into, I believe, the Red Sox and the Dodgers, and they're going to beat up a lot of pitchers. That's right. And I expected him to to rebound. Um, he hasn't rebounded. And nope. I think I tweeted the other night, and Clay didn't get this, so maybe you will. I don't know. But I haven't been so wrong about a Bundy since I wasn't into Kelly when I was younger. <laughs> um, How did Clay not get that? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, but anyway. my goodness. But uh, I've become a – yeah, um, yeah, with uh, with with writer Matthew Barry, um, did not, and Marcy not, Darcy went to my high school. There we go. Wow. <laughs> I um, I actually was I didn't watch the show. I just became a, a bigger Christina Applegate fan later late later in life. A late life, a late life, a late life crush. LLC. Um, anyway, uh, Bundy. Gosh, you wanted. I just I don't know if I can go zero, and I look at these matchups and I'm going to go zero. Well, the you know the sometimes <laughs> you know, the, the loop in a previous discussion. The best trades you make the the best trades sometimes are the ones you don't make. Uh, you know, right after that Boston uh, and and Dodgers, you know, when they were just shellacking, I was like, you know what? That you know, I think his ERA at that point was like six ten. Uh, in my home league, and there was a team that was – I needed starting pitching. I had just lost Duffy, uh, and I have a lot of power in this league. And so I offered Justin Upton straight up for Bundy and was declined. Was like, no, I'm going to stick with Bundy. Uh, and this guy is still suffering at home runs. Uh, meanwhile, Upton got a little hot. Uh, uh, and and I'm glad I've avoided the uh, 10, 19 earned runs uh, that Bundy has given up over the five starts uh, during that time. So his area has not gotten any better. Although his last outing against Detroit, we talked about them earlier. You know, he pitched around some trouble, seven base runners in four innings, uh, and only allowed one earned run there. Uh, but that was that was the highlight for him. Uh, and so that's where it's no, no thanks. I just can't use him this week. Yeah, I mean, my theory is if uh, in order to make up for the bad Dylan Bundy, you need the good Dylan Bundy, and either you either you start him or you drop him. Mm-hmm. And I'm dropping him. I mean, I, I have him in a few twelve, and well, I don't play a lot of few. I think I have one twelve. I he now is droppable, and someone's going to pick him up, and he's going to get it together. But with especially in FBC with reserve spots being so valuable, I don't think I can sit on him. And I have not done enough of a deep dive, pitch mix and velocity and everything else to know actually what's going on. I just I just don't know. I just don't like what I'm seeing. Uh, Trevor Bauer, you know. I think he's. I think he's still a five. He's obviously worth watching. He's. Uh, he may not be the fourteenth, fifteenth overall Trevor Bauer pick anymore, but I still think he's worthy of a five. 
I, I agree. I mean, that you have, what do you give up? Two home runs, the first two batters uh, the other night against San Diego. But it's uh, it's also the second time in five outings that he's given up three home runs. He did it with the Cardinals, and then even before that against Houston, uh, two home runs. But that's just a normal game against Houston these days. Uh, so the long ball is really what's been hurting him. Everything else is still in play. I mean, he's still pitching six plus, plus innings, as we got we talked about that earlier. He's yeah. running in the bank only one time this year. Has he not gone at least six? Uh, he's still getting his strikeouts. Uh, it's just you really have to look at what's going to happen. Even the ratios have been uh, – you know, Whip has been in decent shape. Uh, neither of those were against San Diego, but San Diego, you know, they're on a heater and they're getting it done. When you look at the matchups this week, uh, you know, we've discussed the Giants. The Nationals are, you know, quietly back in contention. You know, well, they've won 10 of their last 11 They're games. 500, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we were talking about them as sellers two weeks ago. Uh, and yeah, I, I yeah. guess they read the memo and they were like, no. Uh, and they've gotten hot and they're winning games again. And maybe they're going to add because they, uh, Mike Rizzo has never been one to dump. Mike Rizzo, if you're hanging around, I'll go get you the pieces that we need. I don't know what their budget's like or where they're against the cap, but you know they're back in, and at least go look at it. You know, anybody, if we said Miami shouldn't sell and they're seven games below 500, then the Nationals definitely shouldn't either. Uh, and so you know they've been able, and Kyle Schwarber, as long as he's hitting a home run every game, the way he's turned into a leadoff hitter out of nowhere like this, it's it's been fun to watch uh, what they're doing, and I think it's been kind of quiet. It's kind of weird to have an East Coast team quietly get this hot, and maybe it's because just the Astros are just doing what they're doing. Everybody's talking about that again, um, but the the Nationals have quietly started to rebuild the 2019 script. Yeah, I was going to say they don't have to. The coach doesn't have to say. Think about what the Washington Nationals did a couple of years ago. All they got to do is point to you know look at the ring. That's right. (laughs) That's that's the reminder. Uh, Miami, we've talked a little bit about their offense. Nothing wrong with their pitching. Uh, Lefty Rogers at Philly at Atlanta. Don't love either matchup, but I do love Rogers. That whole staff has been impressive. No secrets there. Um, It might end up being a four on the rankings just because there's a lot of two-start pitches this week that push people up. And if I go to my 1 to 20, 21 to 40, it might turn out to be a four, but I'm starting him. Yeah, um, put him in the Dylan Cease category with me. Uh, okay, do okay. your homework uh, because you know, his last start, the, the spin rate on his slider was down through over okay. 300 RPMs. Uh, so you look at his spin rate, it was down. So he's on the homework list uh, for me. Okay. And so I want to go back and I put Cease a three. I'm putting Rogers a three. Um, and I like I've liked Rogers this year, but I want to see the learning curve because that was a that was okay. quite a noticeable dip, and so it bears watching. All right, no, no, that makes perfect sense. A couple of a uh, couple of really good starters from Milwaukee, both have got home against the Cubs and at Pittsburgh. Freddie Peralta, the first one, and Brandon Woodruff, the second one. I'm going to make it easy. We're uh, you know we're, we don't have to stop like uh, Clay Clay had to stop after an hour to get ready for uh, Sirius XM, but not only is uh, Clay not here this week, we've switched to football and Roto-Wire on Fridays now, so I'm not even going to do my spot at 1 p.m. But we can, you know, we can continue. We don't have to cut it off at, at, at an hour. We continue going, but to make it easy, I'm going five for both Peralta and Woodruff. No argument. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. the results, it's just like, forget yeah. it. I mean, uh, like I said, the only thing, it, it'd be nice if the run support were a little more consistent in Milwaukee, because uh, I've seen some outings where both these guys have taken some tough losses uh, with yeah. this. But, you know, it's kudos to, and I guess this would be credit to the the pitching factory that they set up in Arizona and put these guys through because, you know, we're talking about two guys that, 
you know, a year and a half ago, we were saying, oh, these guys are relievers. These guys are relievers. And now they're front end starters. For sure. Uh, Bailey Ober uh, from Minnesota. There's got to be one of those airplane jokes in there. Over, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for Erickson. Uh, so we got Minnesota with Bailey Ober and Jose Barrios um, at the White Sox at Kansas City. I, Ober's one of those guys where, you know, I didn't like the numbers, but I think he's pitched maybe a little better than I expected. So I don't want to let first impressions crush me on this one. Uh, I'm pretty, you know, Barrios, I'm, I'm, I'm not the only one that, looking for that other that next level with Barrios more because it just looks like it should be there as mm-hmm. opposed to go to a stack stack cage stack cast page and look at that I don't know what to hang my hat on other than gosh when I watch this guy pitch he should be better maybe this is what we got and it's not bad Barrios is going to be a five over uh I'm gonna go one but I'm not sure yeah, surely I can't go under that. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm also gonna do a one. <laughs> I just honestly have the same grades uh, on, yeah, on both pitchers. All right, uh, the Mets. The Mets even. All right, so they have a doubleheader. Is it today or tomorrow? Today. There's still seven or eight fewer games than the than like the Padres in Oakland teams that have played nearly all their games. That's just silly. That's crazy. You know, it's just, I mean, it's the weather. It's they went into the, they did run into a COVID scenario. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, and, you know, as far as strategically goes, I love the pitchers in a seven inning game because, you know, you you cut out that, the, the two middlemen, you go right to the closer if necessary. Uh, the hitters, though, it's taking a chance just because if you, they may not play both games. And if you only play one, you may be short one plate appearance. So I don't know that strategically you want to load up on the Mets. Because they they played so fewer games, Marcus Stroman, uh, single single two start guy for the Mets this week at Washington and at New York. Don't love either matchup. Don't love either park. But Stroman, Stroman, right? I mean, I don't I don't think he gets blown up. He may not have a twelve strikeout seven inning performance, but right. he's above average for me, which means he's above a three. Does he get to the four level? I'm going to – on the road, I'm going to give him a three, but I wouldn't be surprised if he pitches better. My only concern uh, is, you know, he left He left the last start with hip right. issue after That's an right. inning, right. right? The That's MRI right. came back clean. Yeah. That's right. But even ahead of that, he faced the Padres back-to-back, the Cubs. He got eight, seven, and six strikeouts in that. Gave a five run runs over, over 19 innings. Like, he was pitching phenomenal baseball. Uh, and then leaves after an inning with a sore hip. With a sore hip. The MRI came back clean. Uh, and so, like, I'm only saying a two because of the risk. Like, if he has a, a occurrence, a flare-up on that first one, then he misses the second game. Uh, exactly. So, for that, so that's the risk. That's a risk factor. And I just I want to bake that in to this because of that factor. Otherwise, if, without that, I would be in agreement with you as a three. Yep. Excellent. All right. Michael King and Jameson Tyone, uh, home against the Angels and home against the Mets. Um. I, I, if you're chasing wins, I suppose you, you, King needs to be a non-zero, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't love it. I don't love it at all. Um, I'll go a one for King. Tyone to me seems to be average. I mean, I know he's, he's pitched well, but I think I'm, I think we may hear the word homework again in a moment with Tyone. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'll give him a three. 
Uh, You said King. I think you said one for a King. The problem with King, uh, he's one of these guys, like, when you watch him pitch and you want to say, man, he's bad. He's got good stuff. But the problem, he just can't get deep into a game. He has qualified for a win exactly twice this year. He has zero wins. Uh, if we, and you yeah, look over, yeah. like on the beginning of the season, he threw six uh, six shutout innings against Toronto, and then against Boston at the beginning of this month, uh, you know he he went five and a third, six hits, four runs, no walks, but he just he, he just doesn't get deep in the game. He doesn't miss enough bats. A lot of foul contact, different types of things, and so like it felt like he was pitching that game on Wednesday night uh, that we referred to earlier. But that's the thing with King. Like you watch him pitch, and you want to think he's going to be better. But right now, he's just not. And the fact that he doesn't get he doesn't get deep enough for a game to qualify for a win, uh, and he misses bats to beat, he's a zero to me because I don't mm-hmm. see the upside uh, with sense. it. Yeah, that's where I am. And when with Tyon, I've never been. Yeah, I've never been a huge guy. He's pro- he keeps proving me wrong. Uh, I thought like even yesterday, I thought that the KC matchup would be one that he may get. Uh, beat up on a little bit and he did extremely well uh, with that. So I, I got to give him a three because he keeps proving me wrong. Um, but I would definitely put him on my homework list. Yeah. King, I think the Yankees are doing a decent job protecting him and not letting him get that blow up outing when he's a little bit of trouble in the third or fourth or even the fifth, he gets lifted pretty quick. And I think that that's, that's part of it. And um, he doesn't have, I mean, he doesn't, you know, I, Yes, I'm a Red Sox fan, but I'm a baseball fan too. I like David Garcia. I'd like to see him in that spot, but maybe maybe by the end of the season we will. And I have him on the same league. I have him in tout as well. So. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so Oakland, James Caprillion, the, the lone two start, home against Texas, home against Boston. Uh, you know, pedigree got hurt, kind of, you know, I don't want to call him post-hype because he never really had that the first run. But going to be impressed with Caprillion has done so far. Again, a lot of pitchers with two starts this week, so I, I can't go five. But I'm going to go four, and I'm starting him. I mean, he's, he's you know, I'm not. There's no hesitation starting him. Uh, I would agree, uh, you know, especially with the with the benefit of pitching at home. Yeah. Uh, that's I really like these matchups this week, uh, yeah. just because it's at home and he's got the expansive territory. Uh, we know what Oakland's capable of. Uh, it, again, one of the more quiet. Oh, they were in first place until the Astros got on this crazy here. But you know, a, a team that nobody really projected to do what they were doing this year, uh, and until like three days ago, were in first place. Yeah, and uh, we you know talked a little about Houston. We didn't talk a lot about pitching because it was just cranky. Everybody talks about their offense. Man, Louis Garcia, James Arquiti, and. You know, Christian Javier is now out of the bullpen. They've quietly put together quite a pitching staff. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'm, I'm forgetting one. I'm leaving a, a Framber Valdez, of course. Yes. Uh, so they, they're, they've quietly assembled. And, you know, Jake, Jake Odorizzi, I keep saying joke. Maybe that maybe that's a Freudian slip. I don't know. But he's, he's kind of pitching just well enough to keep his job. But uh, we'll, we'll see what goes on there. We had a comment in the, uh, in the chat earlier that Vince Velasquez – would make a good opener. Um, may, maybe, but right now he's starting. He's got at Cincinnati and home against San Diego. You know, talk about, I don't want to say proving me wrong, but I just, I just, you know, I, this is the year they're going to make him a reliever and he starts. And it, it just, I, I, 
you, you just never know. Just you know, the answer with Velasquez, they changed the question. Inconsistent. Don't love the matchups. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one, but I'm not comfortable. I'm very comfortable saying one. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I really am because I agree with the con- It wasn't me making that comment in the chat, uh, but I would agree yeah. with that as well because you know there are a, a, another guy watching pitch. You see some things. You're like, man, if he, if he could only. And you maybe have to set some guys up for success because when you try to look at, okay, is he going to work as a starter? Again, he doesn't get too deep in the games. He, he you know, Over the last, uh, outside of that uh, outing against Boston, uh, where I, maybe it was a relief outing because it was only ending a third. But, you know, he is typically a, a 17 to 21 batter face guy uh, with that. Uh, he's going to have his problem with walks. He's never really able to avoid those. And he gives up his fair share of hits. So whip is a problem. Uh, ratio, the ERA has been a problem. I mean, he's just multiple runs scored outside of that six shutout against Miami. Uh, and that's where it is. So if you're starting him, you're hoping for strikeouts. That's really his one upside right now that he pretty consistently delivers uh, to that. And so if you're trying to set him up for success, maybe that's the role to, to use him in, uh, is to use him as a multi-inning opener, not just the first inning, the first and second, and then get him out uh, with that. But to me, I'm very comfortable putting him as a one because – he may go. He, you know, he's going to have to start both these games. Maybe he gets a, a win out of one of them, but I'm not looking. I'm not seeing much. Maybe he's a better primary pitcher of that trusting Joe Girardi to get him out of there. You know when he's in trouble. Maybe maybe you know, if he is pitching well, you don't want to just you know take him out because you have to. So maybe he's a better primary pitcher and and trust Girardi's uh, experience to know how to manage it. We'll see. Uh, we'll move up a little, a little bit quicker here. We may have time, but you, you, you folks listening may not. So we'll move through. We'll, we'll bust through these uh, the last few a little bit quicker here. Spencer Howard, two starts home against Miami, home against San Diego. Still like the guy's future, but I still need. I'm going zero now, but it doesn't mean I don't like next year. I don't. You know, it doesn't mean I don't like him for the going forward. I don't disagree. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh. This probably shouldn't take long. Although after Chad Cool's performance last night, uh, may 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 change things. But Chase DeJong and Cool at Colorado, home against Milwaukee. Uh, at Colorado's time. I mean, we, if we want, we we, we could have made a, a play for either one for a for a low mark if it was home in Pittsburgh. But I I can't go higher than zero for either one with that Colorado. Nope. And even <laughs> and, you know, and the other one's Milwaukee. It's like yeah, at, yeah, 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 no, no, yeah. and even though even though Colorado's not near the squad that they've been in the past, Coors Field is still Coors Field. It's mm-hmm. still undefeated, unfortunately. Interesting here with uh, San Diego, we take a little time talking about Blake Snell at Cincinnati, at Philadelphia. Don't love either matchup. A couple, uh, couple of parks, which uh, and Snell's had some homer issues. It's almost FOMO, though. You know, I mean, you're, it's still Blake Snell. He's showing signs of getting it together lately. I'm going to go two, you know, for a guy that you would have typed in five without even thinking this time last year. Yeah, it's cra- it's crazy to to see where where things have been. I mean, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's his own worst enemy. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he just doesn't. It would be nice if some of the same critiques. It's like if you, you you don't want to tell a guy to pitch for contact, but don't be in such a rush to get a, get the strikeouts on guys. You know, let him put the ball in the play, but it, it's, it feels like sometimes like he's getting deep in these counts because he's trying to come up with the put away pitch. Whereas, you know, trust your stuff and and 
trust your defense behind you, and he's got a good defense behind him. But until he can put together consecutive starts, I can't grade him any higher than a two here. Yeah. So uh, next up for Seattle, Chris Flexen at Toronto versus Texas. Showed signs early on of, of improving the strikeouts and did a little bit, then fell back. But sure enough, he's kind of bouncing back a little bit, showing kind of showed what he did earlier in the season. You don't well, you don't love that Toronto care. I don't care if it's at Toronto, even if they're playing in what's the Jellystone, whatever the joke is, I'm still scared. Uh with that that Toronto lineup. Uh you don't mind the Texas start. Um I see you have a two. I'm gonna I'm gonna share with it, share the two with you. You you cross your fingers that you get through Toronto unscathed and then you make up for it home against Seattle. Right. I mean, the Toronto start in Salem Field is the price, is the tax you pay for enjoying this week's start against the Rockies in Safeco. Like, he was a sexy pickup this week because of that matchup. I mean, there's been a lot of work done on, on how poorly the Rockies performed the series immediately after leaving Coors for a while, and that was Seattle. And so, like, I – and Flexen had a no decision uh, in that game, but he pitched well uh, with it. And so, like, I, I streamed Flexen this week, but this is the tax you pay if you're going to keep him. Then you got this. You got this start at Salem Field against Toronto, but then you get to come back against Texas. And that offense is wildly inconsistent. It becomes either average or very poor. Uh, and against righties, you know, guy like Nick Solak just terrible against right-handed pitching this year. So that helps neutralize them a bit. Adolis Garcia has been, you know, sometimes multi-home run games, sometimes invisible. Uh, up and down type of thing. So I'll take that Texas matchup, which is why I'm giving them the two because yeah. the, the, the Toronto one could be a little scary, but the Texas one should be really nice. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Descafani at the Dodgers at Arizona. Another love one, don't love the other matchup. Uh, Descafani, though, gets the strikeouts. And the Dodgers, you know what? I mean, they're scary, but they're – I don't think you have to just category avoid them like we've done. I mean, we're joking about Jack, Zach Davies last night. I'm going to go. You've got a four. I think I want to go four, but it may be put. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go four. I'm not going to ignore the fact that with so many good starters, he may get pushed down, but I, I, I we're going four. Yeah. And the risk, I mean, discofani has been awesome this year. That's, that's been the fun thing. Cause you yeah. talk about things that are freely available out there. Uh, he was end game, easily end game material uh, sitting out there. And I picked him up uh, in many places. He said 15 starts this year, eight wins, 277 ERA. The one bad outing he had was against the Dodgers. Put a 10 spot on him, a two and a two thirds. And that was a month ago. Uh, so it was still recent. And that's why, like, if, if the Dodgers matchup wasn't on here, this would be a five for me. I'm to the point where Disc with yeah. Disco, I am he's just five for me. Uh, but that's why I put it as a four because that outing is fr- it's the only time he's gotten beat up all year, and it was that night. And so that's why I've got to put a four here. Yeah, he's just lucky that we already had the word Gombert in a lexicon, or it would be Desclafani. Ah, we talked about Carlos Martinez earlier, or you know. Uh, kind of more just commiserated about Carlos Martinez earlier. John Gant, Carlos Martinez. Gant, the regression monster, didn't just visit. It pretty much punched Gant in the face. And the you know the, the, the Arizona start you like. You hate the Colorado start. Um, I'm going to go zero for Gant. You know, I, I, do, I, do I have, do I go zero for Martinez? 
I just, yeah, he's pitching the way he's pitched lately. How can you not? Yeah, the regression monster has declared eminent domain in John Gant's yeah. statistics. <laughs> uh, and we, but we all knew it was coming. Uh, yes, when you did. looked at it, you're like, really? wait, how do you have an ERA of 150 with a whip who's almost higher than your ERA? Yeah. It's like if anybody has been had been fortunate, it was uh, it was him. You knew it was coming. And the fact that he's given up 18 earned runs in his last uh, uh, 14 innings in <laughs> uh, the matchups: Cincinnati, Cubs, Atlanta, and Detroit. So everybody's been putting a beating on him, but yeah, the the luck dragons took him in a domain and said, <laughs> dude, you're here. Yeah, we're, we're taking this one over." Um, and I don't know, and this is why if St. Louis is going to stick around, but they've fallen into fourth place because the NL Central is still competitive too. They've got to get something to fix both these guys because honestly, I don't know how either of these guys can be in anybody's lineup right now. No, I agree. Uh, Tampa does not have a two-star pitcher schedule. Only this five year. games. Yeah, only five games this yeah. week. Five games. We'll skip down to the Rangers. Mike Fultonevich at Oakland at Seattle. Love the ballparks, although Texas has got a good ballpark itself. Uh, first thing I do with Fultonevich is think about the left-handed batters on the respective teams. Oakland scares me. Seattle not as much, but you could you know that just goes goes what kind of teams they are. I can't you know I he, you know. This is, it's not a one, it's not a five either. Okay, Zola, what is it? I'm going to go two. Um, but I don't, I don't, it's like, it's like a knuckleballer. I don't want to watch the games. Yeah, it, it's true because, you know, when you watch, it's t- honestly, when I, if I were just to go on the eye test, he'd like be a zero, maybe a 0.5 for me because I did, yeah. maybe I just watch his bad starts. But then his last, his start this week against Oakland, six innings of two run baseball, no walks. Yeah. And so, like, he handled, he handled himself well against Oakland, but then, you know, he got beat up in Seattle. Uh, well, not exactly beat up. So, like, if you go back and look at historical matchups against Oakland and Seattle, like, he's held his own uh, in both of those. In both of those. So, like, using that kind of recency bias, I should say, oh, I'm a little higher. But I've watched some of his other outings, and I'm like, oh, God, this is awful. I don't understand how this is working. But uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt only because recent success against both of these uh recent success here and give him a two as well. Robbie Ray, been one of the more interesting stories of the first half, suddenly can't walk anybody, but still giving up homers. Home against Seattle, home against Tampa, again, home being Buffalo, Salem Field. I guess I'll, 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 I'll let you go first this time. You know, he he's honestly almost in the five category. I mean, the, the, the problem – yeah, he's given up home runs, but there are also a lot of solo shots uh, yeah. or there because he's not walking a lot of dudes. Uh, and that's what always killed him in the past uh, was the free passes and then the home runs. So the home runs haven't exactly gone away and they're not going to go away. And, and they weren't going to go away in, in uh, Dunedin. They're certainly not going to go away in Salem. You know, he's only had two starts all year without allowing a home run. Uh, but this last four, just one of them. Just, you know, no, he, he hasn't, he's only had one multi homer game over the past seven starts, uh, and that was uh, at Yankee Stadium. Go figure. Guessing one of those was a cheapie, uh, just because at least one home running game in that joke of a park is a cheapie. Uh, I digress. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, he's four, but he's pretty close to a, he's pretty close to a five because, you know, yeah. his matchups against uh, the last time he faced Tampa Bay was, uh, you know, I watched that game and it felt a lot worse than seven innings, one run, seven strikeouts and zero walks. It, honestly, it felt much like the game against the White Sox where he struck out 13 
um, with that. And the and the Seattle matchup uh, should be nice for him as well. So I, if I could do a half grade, I'd go four and a half. But love Robbie Ray this year. DBR, you still allow half grades, so you need a you need a more uh, congenial host there. <laughs> DBR used to let half grades. Uh, Eric Fetty, he falls into my early on was throwing more strikeouts kind of went away from it, but has kind of come back a little bit lately uh, showing some of that good stuff again at, I'm sorry, home against the Mets home against the Dodgers, not a zero. Um, I just, I'm debating between one and two. Where, where are you at with Fetty? Yeah, not a, uh, not a zero either. I'm going to put it down as a two. The funny thing is one of the commenters in my most recent piece was like, Hey, you mentioned all these good pitchers and you left off Fetty who's had three consecutive scoreless outings. And then the Phillies were like, yeah, about that. Uh, and then laid some runs on him. But yeah, you know, that, you know, that joke aside, you still look at his recent outings, three of his last four scoreless uh, with 14, 23, five run runs over 23 innings and, and strikeouts have been there. And he's, uh, you know, it, it's a two, uh, but I think that's about as high as I'd ever rank Eric Fetty. I mean, he's a guy that I saw sitting out there in a lot of free agent piles in NL leagues and wasn't even drafting him. Uh, yeah, but he's, yeah. he's, he's surprised me a bit, but I think this is as high as you'll ever see me. Great. Eric Fetty. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of surprises, Joe Ross last night surprised me. Um, I had an opportunity to uh, insert him into the ESPN daily notes as a streamer, but I opted not to do it. I think he, I think Lester was scheduled to start and they flip-flopped and Mike Sheets who wrote the note, uh, wrote the original notes had Lester as a starter um, we had to take him out because he wasn't starting. And I could have put Ross in, but I was like, nah, I don't like this start. Now, I should have put Ross in. It would have looked smart. Um, home against Tampa, home against the Dodgers. Nationals Park is a sneaky offensive park. We talk about Baltimore a lot of because of the weather. I think people don't realize some of it's an offensive park Nationals Park is. Um, I'm going to go two again for Ross, but, um, I yeah, I'm going to go two more out of – just kind of, I'm afraid to be wrong again. Yeah, I mean, the similar, <laughs> a similar storyline approaches with with uh, as with Fetty because three of Ross's four last outings are now scoreless. Seven shutout against the Marlins, uh, you know, eight shutout against the Giants, and then six shutout, uh, four four unearned runs came against uh, against the Phillies uh, with that, and then the Mets the Mets got to him uh, with a couple of home runs uh, and, and such. So the Mets got to him, but the same thing. So similar story. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a, a a two down for Ross only because it's it lines up very well to the the Fetty stuff. Um, but Ross obviously has a little better stuff uh, than Fetty just from what I've observed in the past. But eventually this winning streak, uh, all things must come to an end. Um, and so you know the way the Nationals are on this roll and these guys have been able to qual- stick around and pick up some of these uh, decisions. Ross has got two of them out of his last four, uh, but previously had not won anything. It had like seven straight outings without a win. Um, so all good things must come to an end, and that's going to happen here soon uh, with the Nationals and with decisions going out the board. With, with Ross, at least, he has the ability to get you some strikeouts. Yeah, I'm looking at... I'm just wondering what I was thinking of yesterday morning by not adding. I mean, Miami, he had the previous start was kind of a, a little blip, Ross's pre, but why I didn't as a, use him as a streamer yesterday, I have no idea. So that was silly on me for, for not including him as a streamer for yesterday. So we've gone through them. We're, uh, we got, we'll, we'll quickly review them. We're gonna, I'll send out the link for these two start pitchers 
so yeah, if you missed it or we're going too quickly, you can always go back and look at it. Uh, Caleb Smith, Jason and I both give him a three. Arizona, also starting Matt Peacock. I'm giving a one. Jason, a two. Charlie Morton, five. Tom Eshelman, three. A zero. I'm sorry, Tom Eshelman, a zero. Garrett Richards gets a uh, Red Sox fans colored glasses. One from me, zero from Jason. Nick Pavetta gets a four from both. Kyle Hendricks, five. Zach Davies, two from me, three from Jason. Wade Miley, two from me, three from Jason. Eli Morgan, we agree, zero. J.C. Mejia, even uh, even though with the cool initials, Jason's still going zero. I'm giving him a one. Uh, Kyle Freeland, uh, one from both of us. Herman Marquez, I give him a three. Jason, a two. Lucas Giolito, five for both. D- Dylan Cease on Jason's home, uh, homework. I was going to say home run list. Homework list, four for me, three for Jason. Matt Manning, two from both of us. Zach Greinke, five from both of us. Danny Duffy, two from both of us. Brad Keller gets a zero from both. Dylan Bundy gets a zero from both. Trevor Bauer, a five from both. Uh, Trevor Rogers, four from me, three from Jason. Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff, five, 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 five. We go to uh, Bailey Ober, one from both. Barrios, five from both. Marcus Stroman, three from me, two from Jason. Uh, homework list again from Jason watching those spins. Michael King, one from me, zero from Jason. I'm hoping that one of the two outings, he sneaks in five innings and sneaks out a win. Actually, uh, with uh, correction, Rogers was on the homework list. Stroman was on the injured uh, the oh, hip, that, that's the hip correct. list. That's there why we got go. Stroman Absolutely, yeah, absolutely yeah, with, the, with the hip. Uh, Jameson Tyone, three from both. Uh, James Caprellion, four, uh, Caprellion, four for both. Uh, Vince Velasquez, one and one. Uh, Spencer Howard, zero for both, but we both still are not – Getting rid of him in our dynasty leagues, hypothetically. Chase DeYoung, Chad Cool, zeros across. Blake Snell, kind of a reluctant twos. What's gone on? Chris Flexen, twos. Anthony Escafani, four for both. A lot of agreements here. Maybe it's because I didn't uh, use my, my my list, which would have potentially uh, had some bit disagreements. Uh, John Gant, zero. Carlos Martinez, zero. Mike Fultonevich, two for both. Ray, Robbie Ray, four for both. Chris Flexen, two for both. And Joe Ross, two for both. We had a little longer than normal, Jason. Uh, appreciate you hanging out the extra half hour uh, while Clay is off, like you said, on assignment, if you will, hopefully checking out some family. What do you got going on this week? Uh, what, what do you what, what did you write about this week, and what are you planning for next week on your collect calls? Uh, right now, I'm working on looking at uh, how how pitching numbers are uh, making a shift. Like I've, I've had this concern for a while about workload as it as it starts to catch up. Uh, you like look at numbers this this month and offense. A lot of people will say, "Oh, hey, it's because they're changing the baseball. That's why offense is up." But you got to go back and look at context of things as well. One of the things I noticed is that ERA of starting pitchers has made quite a leap this month uh, from in May. It was 4.03. This month it was 4.47. So that's a, a, a sizable leap. But I want to go back and look at what happened in previous May's to June uh, with it. And as we've mentioned, the weather's been a little crazy uh, this month uh, around. But the the reliever ERA is not showing that same kind of thing. And so the the, the behavior of relievers pitching indicators have been more consistent whereas starters are doing that and maybe is that the starters the, their workloads catching up with them because let's be real it didn't look like many teams 
were changing the ways they were using their starters from even 2019. It's like we see guys out there doing 100 plus pitches right out of the gate. I think a couple of teams that come to mind. Uh, yeah, I even wrote a couple of weeks ago in collect calls about my concerns with Cleveland and how Cleveland was running their guys uh, and their starters. And, you know, Savali ended up breaking down and, and Bieber ended up breaking down. But you know, Terry Francona was riding those guys rather hard. Uh, and the same thing was really happening in Oakland on the on the relief side. It seemed like Yusmero Petit was pitching every game. And he had seven wins in his first 26 outings. Well, he hasn't had a win since. Uh, and he blew the lead yesterday, the day before, uh, against Texas. So I'm trying to look at that, uh, you know, a, a revisit of that to see where we're at with some of this. And is there anything to be worried about with starters as we've seen some high-profile starters go down here in the last seven to ten days? Uh, and we're not out of it. I think it's going to be uh, more of the same. And this summer it's going to come down, to, and that applies to your fantasy team as well. Who has depth? I mean, if you're in a if you're in a keeper league and you have forty you know, your forty man rosters, how many of those spots do you have on prospects where your eyes are towards the future rather than now? And are you like, okay, I just lost this pitcher and I don't want to cut this prospect, so I'm going to just leave this guy in my lineup? Or like, are you willing to forego immediate stats for the future? Or are you just going to say, okay, I got to do something here? Uh, and maybe that depends on where your league rules. Uh, if you have to have active guys in. Uh, you know, these are all stories I'm having uh, in local conversations because there, there are some teams that have like I've got too many prospects and I'm I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to give those guys up. So I'm just going to carry these dead guys in my lineup. Uh, and it's a keeper league. So if I don't do well this year, I'm I'm, I'm out They're like you and I and, and tout. You know, we don't have that luxury. We want to make sure we get above the point threshold. And so we have to pick up some of these guys um, and, and maybe make a cut here off the reserve roster because you, know, you have to um, to try to find something. So. Uh, it it all depends uh, on that, but that's really where I'm trying to take a look at things right now. No, it makes sense. I like the right. And Coach Sheen talked about it with Jeff on their recent podcast. It's not just the changes; it's, it's a delta over what normally happens, mm-hmm. and uh, so that that's the key. So good, good to looking forward to seeing that piece again. Thanks, Jason, and uh, I know you've got a, a little bit of a change coming up on Monday. Good luck going on there. Thanks. Um, I'm sure we'll hear it all about it on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> And uh, we'll continue to see some of your tweets in the ballparks. And I'll be at, like, yeah, I guess, yeah, this Tuesday, I'll be at Polar Park from the, for the third time to uh, to see the future Red Sox center fielder, Jaron Durant. Although I think they're going back with some Olympic stuff. We'll see. How is that anyway, part? You know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, go overboard with the plot. It's very nice. Okay. But what park is it, right? That's now right. It oh, yeah, I'm going uh, tonight. My son and I are going to Kannapolis. Uh, they have a new... Uh, the can the Canapolis Cannonballers. They used to be the Canapolis Intimidators, and they did not have a nice ballpark. And I'll come out and say that now. They had probably the worst one I'd been to in the minor leagues. It was an old park built in. If anybody had uh, listening, watching had been there, um, it was not a great park. The new one's fantastic. It's right in the near downtown uh, Canapolis, which is this old uh, Main Street USA type right. of feel to it. It's a really nice park. Uh, going there for the fourth time. Uh, tonight, uh, I should have mini season ticket package because uh, I just really enjoy it. Um, and the the Charlotte Knights are uh, on the road, so that wasn't an option uh, up there. But really, have enjoyed my times going up to the the games in Canapolis. They got a really nice uh, Old Armor Brewery that's right there. You can go there and pregame. You got a couple of eats uh, options right there before you walk in. But being able to watch minor league baseball this year has been uh, fun. And now that I've done all 30 major league parks with my trip to Kansas city last week, now my focus is getting to more minor league parks. And while 
you know, I want to get to Greensboro, Winston-Salem, uh, places I haven't been to yet uh, in my seven years of <laughs> living in the Carolinas. Uh, I haven't ventured out to too much of those, but now my focus the rest of the season is getting right. into more minor league games. Yeah, well, I, I should say, you know, what new park isn't nice nowadays? There's some there's some old barns that aren't so nice, but yeah, what new park isn't? But uh, very, very good, uh, very nice experience. And for the Woo Sox, especially because they don't go, they don't go woo all that much, which is what makes it even. See, nice. we do with the Carolinas with Ric Flair coming from here. They yeah. that is a sound drop that is used often, uh, often at sporting events in this area. It's it's there, but it's just not it's not as much as I thought it would be. Although they still play Neil, Neil Diamond. It's like all right, oh, I they get, do that here too. I, I, they they uh, do that here too. Uh, yeah. Anyway, and you know what? I've been to two games. In both games, uh, there's been a ball called. Because the opposing pitcher was waiting for the song to end, or the, the fans were still singing, and, <laughs> and, 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 and literally, it's amazing. Both games, a ball was called because the pitcher was the crowd was still too loud. That's and funny. It was. I mean, I don't. I have. To, I haven't checked to see if it's only the two games I've been to, um, and it's not because I'm singing. That's for sure. But, but anyway, <laughs> this time we really will say goodbye. Thanks, Jason, yep. uh, for hanging out. Check it out. We'll have the the, the two starts. Post it on uh, a Google Doc for you guys to check out later. Clay will be back next week. Won't be babbling so much. And uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Take care, guys. Thanks. Bye. Before signing off, one final thanks to our sponsor, WinBet. 